coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John, good to be back. Good to have you back. We got a lot going on. You've been traveling, doing water polo. I've been traveling, doing UFC stuff. Now I'm going to Hawaii to do some deep sea stuff. Not really. We're just going to go on vacation. Uh, but um, we had a lot going on. We uh, um, we talked about the UFC. Uh, there was no UFC this weekend. No, but so there were big fights, I think, that probably Bellator. a lot of people watched. Huge. Huge. Bellator. Let me just tell you something. Bader basically defended three belts or won three belts. Something like that. It's not really accurate, but it sounds good. With one left hook. One left hook. He got the the tournament, heavyweight tournament of Bellator belt. He got the heavy he kept his heavyweight title belt. And the light heavyweight belt, it's still his. I don't think that had anything to do with it, but whatever. You you get my point. He, my, he wore all three in the ring. He wore all three in the <laughs> ring. One punch. Kept three belts. What kind of punch, belt. John? Is one punch that's that effective? The left hook. It was a left, it was Can a you left. Go figure. What do you call that kind of left hook? That was a very. He's very. He closed a lot of distance with that left hook. What he did was he set it up very smartly, and he. I think he did this with a, uh, uh, with King Mo as well. He threw a good jab to the body, which was really low, and it was a jab to the body. So it got Fedor kind of flinching down low and thinking low. Then he looked low again and he started to throw the same punch. And then halfway, he turned it into a left hook, which barely hit his chin because his arm was, was you know, extended. But it was just enough hip to and, cause that. And it hit in just the right place. The chin. If that didn't hit his chin, it wouldn't have done that. Because you look at the mechanics behind that punch... And he he covered so much distance. It was like a loop. You call it a looping left hook, or what do you it was call a, it? It, was, it would have been called. It was a semi gazelle punch, which was Floyd Patterson's go to. That sounds like something you'd look up on Urban Dictionary. A, no, the gazelle, gazelle punch. punch. What, is, what is that? It's like when you're having a sex with a chick from behind and you start hitting her in the back of the head. No, that's not what it is. I was just joking. Oh my god! Okay. The gazelle punch is a punch that. Um, Floyd Patterson, who was the heavyweight champion of the world, even though he only weighed 175 pounds or so, he would leap in the air like a gazelle and throw that same kind of punch. He knocked out, I think he knocked out uh, Ingemar Johansson with that punch. Wow. So that was the gazelle punch. So he came right over his glove. It just came right up over the top. It just and when you look at it, you're like, "How did that knock him out?" But you watch it in slow motion; and it was all chin. It has so, to hit the chin. That wouldn't if that hit would have hit his head. It would have done nothing. But when it hits the chin, it tweaks the the. It causes that torquing, twisting motion that shakes up, rattles your brain, and causes a a, 
a knockout. He got a pretty good cut, I think, too, because he did go on social media and, and just thank his fans today or something and say he had to get stitches. So that that punch cut him open, too. So it, was, it didn't... It's funny, you look at that Wait, punch. What punch? He feet are got stitches. He got stitches from that now, punch? Look at this picture right here. Look at him behind you. Oh, shit. Is that... He's I did open. not... You just ran. I did not know that. That it... Uh, I bet... Um, yeah, I didn't know it caused a cut. That's weird, because it looked like it just hit him on the chin. It looks like it cuts on the other side of his head, too. There might have been a little bit of interaction before that, but... Maybe when he came... He, didn't he follow up? Maybe he followed her up. That could have been it. Yeah, he did land... Yeah. He, I think he might have still landed something after Fedor went down. But, the, but it was a left hook that finished that fight. Left hook again. It was... Left uh, hook again. It was quick. It was over in 30 seconds or something. It's the most versatile, effective strike in all of martial arts. You can't, there's not even, there's not even a close second. It is the most effective, versatile uh, strike in all of martial arts. But anyway, so, so that was that. So that was that. But the part of that whole story too was I think this fight had a lot of hype going into it for a couple of reasons. It's, it's Bellator, but I think a lot of people watched it I think Bellator's really, like I said, it's pretty close to the UFC. But it was the Grand Prix format, like the tournament format. For me, I think some people might get bored of, you know, the way the UFC does it. They were looking for something different. And you see this format where you have a tournament, which I really like because it's very clean. It's very, you have to beat this guy, then you have to beat the next guy, then you have to beat the next guy, then you it's get the bracket. belt. There's brackets. It's a bracket. So... You, the guy that ultimately wins had to go through a bunch of people to get there. And it's a true bracket where the guy that wins had to get there. It, he didn't just get a title shot because someone else fell out or get a title shot because he said something funny. You know, like, like you see these. a water bottle at someone. Or, you know, he takes his pants off in the ring or whatever. You know, the, I just think it's a little more clean from a martial arts perspective to have yeah. a tournament. So I kind of... I kind of like that, and I kind—I think a lot of people would look at this fight that way. That it's like it's kind of neat because it's a tournament. I think people followed it. Yeah, Fedor, Fedor had to beat some people to get to this fight. I think he beat Frank Mir, and who else did he beat? I don't know. He, yeah, Mitrione. No, I think Mitrione was on the other end of the bracket. But um, yeah, the thing I like about tournaments is those reasons. It's cleaner, <clears throat> and why I didn't like tournaments before. <clears throat> like some of the pride tournaments and, and stuff, um, is because people have, would have to fight too close together. Like sometimes you had more than one fight in a night, and that's like a recipe for brain damage. So I didn't like the tournament idea because it used to be like brackets. Like we fought in the Golden Gloves, you'd fight like three fights if you kept winning one night, and then you come back, that's Friday, then you come back Saturday night, you have three more if you keep winning. So that's six fights in two days. Uh, you know how many times you get your brain rattled that much? So that's why I didn't like tournaments. But the way they're doing it now where there's some space in between them, I think it's a great, the brackets, and it builds momentum, and it builds excitement. So I like I like the new, uh, I like the way uh, Bellator is doing these tournaments. And I think it's really cool. Uh, PFL or... They did it too. It wasn't LFA. It was PFL. And now, and in PFL, it was like the winner of each tournament got a million dollars. So it's kind of cool the way the prize money is too. So I, I, I like the tournament, and I'm glad Bader won. Um, 
Obviously, I was pulling for him, but uh, I think he's five and zero in the in Bellator. He's doing pretty damn good at heavyweight. I, was he always a heavyweight? No, he's fight, he fought Glover in, in in UFC. Yeah, light heavyweight. Yeah. So he's fighting in heavyweight. He looks good in heavyweight. He's a small heavyweight, but a lot of times the smaller heavyweights they do they do better. You know, it's like even boxing. Like I was talking about Floyd Patterson, he was way too small. But, like, Ali wasn't that big, you know, for a heavyweight. Either was Mike Tyson. Either was Larry Holmes, you know. Either was Lennox Lewis. Lennox was a little bigger than those two. But some of the heavyweights aren't that big. So they can combine their power with speed. Sometimes the bigger heavyweights, like Primo Canera, remember him? Um, that was back in 1920s, so you probably don't remember him. But he was, like, a six foot eleven, really big heavyweight. But guys like Jack uh, Jack Dempsey were a lot faster. See, so they were able to outmaneuver. And when they when they land on the chin, if you're 200 pounds or 250 pounds, you're still going to have a knockout punch. So sometimes a smaller heavyweight has the advantage. And that's one thing they were talking about for this fight was Fedor and, and uh, Ryan Bader. They're both small heavyweights, so they both have speed. Fedor has more speed than... Than Bader, but but Bader caught him first. So I, I like they're the, both around two thirty, right? Yeah. So they're not oh two two twenty five and well Ryan Bader normally two o five, but I'm sure he weighed more for this fight. Yeah, he was like two thirty ish, two twenty seven, I think, or something. But they're they got the speed and the power, so it's a, it's a it's a pretty uh it's a pretty de- devastating matchup, you know, having that kind of that kind of firepower. Most people, I I think. I don't know who was uh, favored, but I would be willing to bet that it was Fedor. Um, the other thing that's cool about the heavyweight class in both promotions is there's they don't people don't always come in at the max. There is a variability where the fight styles can be a little different. Yeah. Whereas every other weight class, everyone kind of weighs in right at the upper limit of that weight class. Yeah. Where these guys could fight anywhere between two hundred five and two sixty five or whatever. Yes, yeah, Stepik was like two thirty, and I mean the limit's two sixty five. And then you have Nagano who's two sixty five. Yeah. Had to, yeah. Yeah. So so I think the heavyweight division is interesting in that way because there's different matchups. The way yeah. the old school UFC used to be, where you could be any weight. Um, but I really like the tournament format. I'd love to see that um, more. Yeah. Whether it's in the UFC or in Bellator. I think Bell- Bellator hasn't been around that long, right? It's been a few, five years uh, or something. I'm not sure. I know it came off of, uh, it seemed like it came off of, uh, like it, it was more It was more of a pride, uh, used, they, they used more of the pride model in a lot of ways. Um, did pride do seasons? No, but they did, they did those tournaments. They and, did tournaments. Well, when Chuck fought in, in pride, it was a tournament. Yeah. And so what were those fights were what a month apart or something? Yeah, but then they also had like fight a few times a night tournaments too. They've had and I didn't like those at all. But the Pride threw a, a bunch of different things together, and I liked their format. And, and Bellator is a lot more like uh, Pride. In fact, I think they used the the announcer from Pride, that lady that had that crazy voice, like Vandalay Silva. She had the greatest voice. And um, I think she was an American, but she she did all the pride stuff. Um, I'm not sure if she was American, but so I like this. I like Scott Coker's doing a great job. He's a great promoter, a great matchmaker, a great. He has a great mind for this. And uh, have you had any fighters in Bellator? Uh, no, I don't think so. The, the ring is a little different. It's round, right? Yeah. 
It's not an octagon. It's round. Can't have know, an it's proprietary, probably. Yeah. But it's a different size. It looks bigger. Like, the fighter, when you look at the fight, it seems like there's more room in there. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. But the, yeah. the pride ring, or whatever they call it, or not the pride, the Bellator ring, or the circle, or whatever it is, looks bigger. Like, the fighters have more room to move around in there. Yeah, I don't know. Versus, wasn't pride, like, in a boxing ring? Pride was in a ring. Which yeah. is small. That's probably smaller than the... Yeah, you can have a you can have a big ring or a small ring, so you can make it any size. Was it, but did it feel like it was small? Like a I think it was kickboxing? a little smaller, but it was a lot bigger than a usual boxing ring. Oh, okay. So I think it was in the twenties, like twenty something feet. The 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 UFC octagon is thirty feet um, at point to point, you know. Um, but I'm not sure what the uh, the Bellator ring. I think is. it's bigger. But anyway, I don't know how much that changes how the fight goes down. It's a, it's a big change. It's a big change. Because the rules are the, the MMA rules are the same. Yeah. They're the same rules that are adopted between the yeah. two promotions, but the ring's a little different. A smaller a smaller cage will make for more action, no matter what. A smaller cage will benefit the grappler more than the striker. Uh, there's there's diff, you know there's all kind of things. Just like in boxing, I remember like there'd be like a. 14 foot you know ring and it's like that's a slug fest or there'd be a 20 foot ring and that's more for the boxer so yeah it favors one style more than the other but at the end of the day who's the better fighter is always going to win so what do you think about that pico fight yeah i thought that was a cool fight i mean he uh i'll pull it up here but he um aaron pico is probably favored to win that fight I'm guessing he's kind of like the up-and-coming star, but he was not fighting a slouch, man. This other guy, he's a winning no. fighter. No, it's like it's like when you look at Pico's record. So if you could dig up Pico's record on, like, unlike Sherdog, you, you pull up his record. I mean, his opponents are all winning fighters. It's like, it just seems like, like an up-and-comer like that. They're, they want to build him up, and he has so much potential. Throw them in with some tomato cans. That's There's nothing what they wrong do with in that. Boxing. They, they would... do that in boxing. A lot of, and I'll even, I've even seen a lot of MMA guys where their fighters, their records, like I, I, there's one guy in particular. I looked at his record. It's like the guys he beat had a combined record of like 25 and 80. So it's like, oh shit, okay, that's why you beat them. And then, you know, then you, you go on that a lot because. I don't just go by, like, when my fighters are going to fight someone, I look at their opponents' records, but then I want to see the records of their opponents. Because if they had 20 fights and they're 20, I mean, if they have 20 fights and they're 15 and 5, and the 15 guys they beat had a combined record of, you know, 8 and 30, then I thought, okay, well, that's, I, I like that. I want to still see video of, the, of them fighting. But their record doesn't hold as much, um, it doesn't hold as much water to me. But with that said, they also have a lot more experience. And I think you should build up your fighter with experience. I don't think you should throw them in right away with, with, with high-level fighters. If you're, a, if, if you're Aaron Pico and you have no fights, you shouldn't be fighting a guy with double-digit fights. That makes absolutely no sense. If you're fighting like his first guy... You know, say he was 14 and 4, that's a winning record with a double digit, you know, fights. I, I, I just, I don't see the reason for that. I think you should fight a guy with a losing record 
like maybe four and fourteen, or a guy with four fights, or no fights, or three fights, single digit fights, or if it's double digit, they should be a losing have a losing record. There's no reason Pico should be fighting guys with winning records. It's like all well, his wins. He my my only the, thought of why he why they fought this fight is it was a big card. Yeah, it's good exposure. I think for the Bellator brand, they probably want to put a good fight in that co-main event. And I don't think their roster's as deep as the UFC, so they don't have as many guys probably to pick from as well. Yeah, but you don't. The roster is a moot point because they could bring out someone that's, uh, uh, say, a two and four fighter, right? And say, hey, you want to fight Bellator? I bet, I guarantee the guy goes, yeah. He don't even care who he's gonna fight. You got some two and four guy from some little place, and he wants he wants to make it to the big league. He's gonna take a fight with Aaron Pico in Bellator. So it's like, well, you're sounding like a coach. As a fan, I want I'd rather see this fight. <laughs> the up and coming guy, test him out, let him fight this. Uh, yeah. As the fan watching, as the coach, you don't want your guy doing that. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to see your guy getting burnt out. You just there's no reason for it. I mean. He's a single-digit fighter. He should be fighting single-digit. But if I that think was the amateur, if that was an amateur boxer, they wouldn't allow that because unless you've had like ten or above, you can't fight a guy that's you know fourteen and four or whatever. So you're a novice. They should consider him a novice until he breaks into the you know. Then he gets fifteen fights. Now boom. Now throw him in there with the with the open class. But I don't think his loss diminishes him. Because he's fighting a really good fighter, and he's new, and I think he's still got a long way to go. Um, you know, he's got a career ahead of him. No, it diminished, it diminished him greatly. Let me tell you why. You only have so many fucking knockouts in you. You only That's have so many. Story. And once you get knocked out, right, that, that doesn't mean you're always going to get knocked out, but it adds to it. Every time you get knocked out, it adds to it. And just like the virginity thing, right, a woman's virginity, once it's gone... Once the guy's chin is gone, it's gone for good. You're not going to get either one of those two things back, no matter how bad you want them. I don't know which one you want worse, but you're not going to get either one back. So I don't want my guy's chin tested over and over and over again. When he's learning and he has five fights or four fights or whatever, I want him to still be learning. You could put him in with a good guy. Put him in with a good guy that was four and two, just like him. But to put him in with a good guy who's like 17, 17, yeah. 17 and 3, that's just, that's just like crazy to me. Well, I, I, this, is, this brings up a good there's point. There's no upside. His chin wasn't, you know, you can say, you know, some people may not have a great chin and they get hit and it doesn't seem like they should have got out and they got out, they went out. But this Aaron Pico got, he took a huge hit right on the chin. There's no way you're not getting knocked out with that. You know, even a exactly. young, young but that that's one less that's one less knockout he has now in before before his yeah. chin goes. So why would you want to waste his chin on four or five fights on a guy with twenty fights? Again, my only thought is this is a big card for Bellator, and they wanted to put it put him in there. Yeah, because I think it generated a lot of buzz, and people wanted to see it. But yeah. unfortunately, so they unfortunately so they for threw Aaron, him into the wolves for yeah. for the sake of a better card. They threw him into the wolves for the sake of a better card. So yeah. I, I just, I don't see putting a human, you know, a potential, you know, great fighter. He still might be a great fighter. He, he probably will. But I wouldn't put that, I wouldn't want that that notch 
You know, I wouldn't want that one nick. I don't want that one damage in my young fighter just for the for the sake of a better card. Because he's yeah, he's already an up and coming guy. Yeah, I don't know. So that that was kind of a I think it was a shocker. Also because it ended in the first round, but he hit Henry Corrales with an uppercut that just stumbled Henry Corrales. He I thought it was over. But yeah, it yeah it did it did look like it is it was over. But then it showed his lack of experience. He didn't go in to finish it up. He went in and started slugging like an amateur. I mean, he had him hurt. And then he, he had like a, a collar tie, half, you know, half collar tie. And he's like punching to the body. Like, what is that going to do? Because then, then Corrales just came right up to the top and dropped him. You're not going to hurt somebody like just tagging him like that. He just wanted to beef. He wasn't, he didn't have the, the fight, experience. Fight IQ to, yeah, he didn't have the fight IQ or the experience to go in and finish uh, Corrales out. He went in and got finished and, and. I think that's too bad to, to... I'm not just saying waste potential. It's like to hurt a young man like that. It's just... I, I just didn't like seeing that at all. But... He is a young guy too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's like, he's like 24. Yeah. Where does... Do you know where... He's out of California. Whittier. Yeah, Do you yeah. know who his coach is? Yeah, I know. I know all his people. I love, I love his people. I think he has a great camp. That's why I was like... I was like, why would they... Yeah, there must be a reason. There's so. more to the story. There's more to the story. Um... We'll get back to you. I'm going to talk to his manager and trainer, and I'll get back to you on that. But it it made no sense to me. Fourteen and three, or seventeen and three, Henry Corrales. He's not the kind of guy you want to throw your prospect in with. I mean, even like guys that win the Olympics, gold, like Shirin Leonard. Try to look at his first five fights as a pro. He already had three hundred amateur fights. He won the fucking Olympics. Now watch his five first five amateur fight or his first five pro fights i guarantee you they were all against losing fighters i haven't seen that but i would guarantee you look up sugar ray leonard's first five opponents i guarantee you they were all losing fighters that's all i'm saying so i the bellator i think uh, hopefully they put it together some more stuff like this yeah i mean i i don't know if it would be as exciting in the other weight classes but I like the tournament style. I think a lot of people... Well, it's, probably, it's, it's just exciting. It's look exciting. at the PFL. It's refreshing. It's something different than... Look at the 170. They had a great 170. It gets rid of this calling people out thing that I really don't like about the UFC. They're calling each other out and, and having to make a big deal about it to sell tickets. This eliminates that. You have a bracket and you have fights and people still get excited for the fights. I think a lot of people watch this fight. Yeah, they don't have to throw fucking water bottles at each other at the WAN. <laughs> they don't have to. They don't have to throw fucking hand trucks through a fucking bus to sell tickets. They just fight to sell tickets. Right. So and it, and it builds, and you get to see your fighters go through the process. Also, it is probably kind of risky because someone can drop out, as you see, or someone doesn't make weight, or someone gets injured in training, or and I think early on. I read somewhere in Bellator early on they would do these tournaments and they were a month apart so you weren't allowed like in the semifinals to throw elbows because people would get cut and then they wouldn't be able to fight their next fight. But you could in the final. So I think these I, I think these fights are spaced out a little better so they're just regular fights. Yeah, I wouldn't agree with that one at all. Yeah, I, would, I don't think I would they'd do never that anymore. Do that. But the tournament style is cool. I would yeah, love to see I mean, that in the UFC for them to do a tournament. I think it would be great. Yeah, it was with great. their high level fighters. 
yes. or to do a tournament and have fighters from different promotions. So be, there's a lot of stuff that I think fans would get behind. Yeah. Um, the other thing going on besides the Bellator fights was today was the Nevada State Athletic Commission hearings for the debacle in whatever UFC that was between Conor McGregor and Khabib. So they both got in trouble. So why is, let me ask you this, why, so the, so the State Athletic Commission, Nevada, made a ruling, right? So the UFC is going to honor that ruling wherever any other well, venue. What, what the ruling was today was they suspended Khabib for nine months, retroactive to October, whenever this happened, I think it was October, and they suspended Connor for six months. They fined Khabib five hundred thousand. They fined Connor fifty thousand. So they had their hearings. They weren't there for them, but they had their hearings, and that was their final say. So they're both suspended. I think Connor can fight pretty soon, like April, um, and then Khabib could fight in the summer. But yeah. So what were you saying? So they they hand down these suspension. It's basically a, a Nevada suspension. Right. But they're gonna they're gonna honor it anywhere at the UFC. But they didn't honor uh, John Jones's. You know, not being able to fight because of the steroids, they didn't honor that anywhere else. So, well, that wasn't a suspension. That was uh, they didn't license him for it. Yeah. So, so in reality, <laughs> that is a suspension because if you're going to fight on one night and then they're saying you can't, you have to suspend that fight even if it's one day. Uh, but whatever. I mean, so this, this is such a weird like, like with the fucking throwing the the hand truck through the the. The bus and Khabib jumping over the cage and Connor doing this. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's just so tacky and just, it's just like low end. Just like a fucking low end person, dude. Who does that shit? It's like a low end person. Well, what do you think about what Khabib did to get fined? I, 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 I think it was at, I think it was low end. I don't think it was as low end as, as trying to kill someone by throwing a piece of heavy, iron or steel through a fucking glass window i don't think it was that bad but it was I, what do you think the athletic it, commission found so egregious to find him 10 times more than they find connor well the fact I, that he went into the audience no <laughs> they, i think i think i mean for this one i mean he he instigated it khabib did i i don't think it was that big of a deal he went after another fighter should have just fucking put them both in the cage and let them fight but, uh, but, what's up, man? Um, but, I mean, but he was much more culpable in this instant, so I could see why, uh, not instant, instance, uh, I could see why they find him a lot more. What did they find Connor when he did the whole bus thing? I think they just let the court deal with it. Uh, okay, so... Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Are they being more hard on Khabib than they are Connor? I mean, because he's a favorite? I... I don't know. I, I don't know if they I were. I don't think so. I think no. it, it's not the UFC suspension. Yeah. It's the Athletic Commission. And Khabib already came out and said, good, I never want to fight in Vegas again anyway. <laughs> so who knows? That'll change. Yeah. But I, so, don't think, I don't think he gets that call. I think that's the UFC's call. If the UFC said, you're fighting in, in, in fucking Haiti, you're fighting in Haiti. If they say you're fighting, wherever they say you're fighting, you're fighting. You, it's not like don't you Don think King. though? What, but what we've seen in the UFC is once you get to a certain level, 
You kind of do call some of the shots, or you just like Connor. He just didn't fight for a while. You call you call the shots as long as Dana lets you call the shots. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way at anything towards Dana. Dana's the fucking boss, so you can call the shots, and he'll let you think you call the shots. Kind of like your wife lets you think you call the shots, but you don't. So. He lets you call the shots until he's like, ah, fuck that. No, you're fighting in Haiti. So then they, they can feel like they're having their say-so. But nobody has their say-so in the UFC except for Dana White. And so, I think it's the way it should be. He's the fucking boss. So he got suspended until July. He'll be back. He'll be Connor back. got suspended until April. He'll be back. John Jones is licensed to fight again in Nevada. I think that was the other thing that came out. They gave him a license to fight it. UFC something, 235. Um, I mean, I don't even have a problem with that as long as everyone he fights knows, and everybody knows, I mean, he's fighting steroided. And so if you don't, if you don't think so, you're just... I, I'm not going to say that there's nothing here, but if you honestly don't think that the steroids is, fight, it is a huge part of his where he is, then you're just you're not using this. So and if you don't, if you and if you're okay with that, then that's fine. Right. So he's gonna fight again. That's I don't know good. who will fight. I guess he'll probably fight DC for a third time. So it'll be a, it'll be a. I mean, it'll be a steroid fight against a guy with no steroids. It would be like it would honestly be like I said this before. It'd be like the top bodybuilder who does steroids doing a pose off against the top bodybuilder that doesn't do steroids. Who's going to win every single time? But nobody's going to say, well, it's just because he has a better physique. Not one person's going to say that. So nobody can say, well, he's winning be not because of the steroids. You just can't do it. You can't. With, with, I mean, with any type of, of mentation going on. Right? What do you think? Right. What do you think? I, I, don't, I don't like John Jones as, as a fighter. He may be great, but... I think he's a great fighter, but I think steroids had a huge, huge thing to do with that. I loved Arnold Schwarzenegger too, but steroids did a hard, huge thing to do with that. I love fucking Jose Canseco too, but he, steroids had a big part to play in his his success. And and steroids has a huge, huge thing to do with John Jones's success. I think he's exceptional at what he does, but I think steroids help play a big part in that. Right. What we got? What else we got? We got anything else? Um, just upcoming UFC fights. Oh, look who this fight is. So the fight. So John Jones is fighting uh, Lionheart. Yeah. Smith out of uh, where's he out of? He's out of Mark, Mark Montoya's Mark camp. Montoya's gym. So he's fighting John. Well, we can get Mark Montoya's take on it. Okay. <laughs> so that's on March second, UFC two thirty five. I think that probably got that came out today. Wow. Um. So Jones gets licensed, and they're fighting. I don't know where they're fighting. And, and just T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas. Where? They're fighting in Vegas. Oh. That's right. It was the Nevada State Athletic Commission that gave oh my them a God license. That. Um, so just know, if you are a huge UFC fan, you gotta now you gotta get uh, ESPN Plus, right? That's five bucks a month, right? Then you gotta get UFC Fight Pass. That's ten bucks a month. And you have to buy at least one pay-per-view a month. That's at least 65 bucks a month. So you need 80 bucks a month if you're a UFC fan. I'm not complaining. 
I'm not complaining. I'm, I feel like it's worth it to me. Now, if you're a Bellator fan, you got to buy the Risen or the Dizen or the Dazen or whatever you call it. And that's, uh, I think that's 10 bucks a month. So if you're a total MMA fan, you have to pay at least 90 bucks a month. So just know that. Okay? So upcoming fights you want to see? This is uh, the UFC 234. You know, UFC 233, they never had one. The last UFC was 232. They canceled UFC 233. Now they're just going to UFC 234. Wow, that's like when you go in an elevator and there's no 13th <laughs> floor. It's like 12th, 14th. Where's the 13th? Well, it was supposed to be on the night of these Bellator fights, and they uh, canceled it. You know why You know why there's no 13th? The 14th is really the 13th. No. I just figured that out. No, I worked at L.A. County Hospital for nine years through all my training. We had a 13th floor. In the hospital. It was the jail ward in the hospital because they didn't want to put any patients that weren't in jail on the 13th floor. So they called it the 13th floor. You got off the elevator bar. You had to go through bars. And you're in the L.A. County jail, but there was an emergency room in there. There were patient beds in there. Uh, you could go up there and do procedures on people. All on the 13th floor. And they kept it. That, that building was built in the 1930s. Old wow. school. And it had a 13th floor. It is old school there. Wow. You had to sign a waiver when you went into the jail ward. And I was just an intern or whatever. But you go up there to see someone in the uh, in the emergency room in jail, L.A. County Jail. It's in the hospital. And you had to sign a waiver that if they took you hostage, they wouldn't negotiate for you. <laughs> so I'm, you didn't have a choice. I mean, you're, work, you're basically working there, uh, practically slave labor. You're getting paid nothing and working uh, a lot of hours. But... You would have to sign these forms that if they took you hostage in there, it was too bad they weren't going to negotiate for you, which I always found interesting. Yeah, I remember, I remember that waiver. I, I worked for the prison for eight years, and I was like, every time I walked in, we'd joke about it. But I was like... You know, the other thing I learned about prison or jail, every guy that came in that was injured, the, they would be brought to the from the L.A. County Jail to actually L.A. County Hospital jail floor for an injury and all the orthopedic injuries that I would see there, do you know what the number one cause of injury was? I fell out of my bunk. That's what they all said. It didn't matter what was wrong with them. That was what they said. Someone must be telling them on the bus ride over, this is what you have to say. You fell out of your bunk. Otherwise there's probably reports they had to do and everything. Else. I think, I think, I think they get told a lot what to say. Like as a psych psych intake nurse, they thought I was a regular inmate because I you could wear I could wear my own clothes, and they they learn on the street what to say to get their psych eval. Like they want a positive psych psych eval because they want easier time. Everybody wants a psych eval. People like any inmate, any anyone on the outside that is getting in trouble, always pretend they have a psych history because it makes their life easier. And then it's not their fault, right? Because they're a psychiatric patient. But when they're they learn on the street, if you when you when you go to prison, first thing you do is you say you hear voices, and you want to hurt yourself. They they learn that on the street, you know. So when they come in, they're like, "Yeah, I'm hearing voices." I like so I'll, I'll like throw them for a loop. I'll go, "Are those voices inside or outside your head?" And they don't know they don't know what they're <laughs> supposed to say. They'll they go, "Oh, oh, you." Uh, uh, both. I go, okay, you want to kill yourself. What have you done before? Because you have to have a history of trying to kill yourself if you want me to give you that, you know, psych, psych uh, category. Have you tried to kill yourself? And then they go, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, how? What did you do? 
like, well, I cut myself. And I'll say, where? And they'll come up with like a fucking scar they have from riding a bike or something. They go, yeah, I tried to cut myself. It's like the, it's the dumbest thing in the world. But yeah, the inmates, they learn how to play that game. They do. And so they all fell out of their bunk. But that was the 13th floor. I spent a lot of time on the 13th floor. So, uh, I never see a 13th floor in a hotel. So why are we talking about the 13th floor? Anyway, oh, UF, oh the, the UFC that yeah. disappeared. They just passed it. <laughs> they just passed it. I, they had one scheduled, though. I think they moved some of those fights to other nights. Oh, yeah. But the fights coming up, I want to see, is that the, uh, the next UFC, numbered UFC uh, is 234. I want to see uh, Israel Whitaker. Adesanya fight Anderson Silva. Uh, I want to see Whitaker against uh, Gaslam. I, I think, unfortunately, Adesanya is going to probably win that fight. I don't think Anderson Silva hasn't had a very good record lately. But he reminds me of uh, Adesanya. They both were very creative fighters. and yeah, yeah. So it could be interesting. Could be. I think a lot of people are going to want to see that fight. Who knows how it will turn out. Yeah. But that's in a couple weeks. Um, what's next week? Is that? Uh, this is it? next week. Aldo's fighting uh, Monica. Moicano. Oh, Moicano. And then, uh, oh, Marlon Morales is fighting uh, Rafael Sancho. That should be interesting. Oh, Damian Maya's fighting. Uh, okay. Charles. And then Johnny, Johnny Walker. Walker's fighting again. Wow, Johnny Walker's fighting. Justin. Who, yeah, who's Walker's that guy? Fight. Who's he fighting? Justin Ledette. Yeah, let me see him. What is he? What is he? What's his record? Huh? Nine and one. Huh? Shit. Johnny Walker is one and one. zero. Wow. One and zero. Shit. He looked like he was more than one and zero. Who did he just fight? Oh, it was a wasn't it a Corey Anderson? Who did he fight his first fight? I think it's Corey Anderson, right? Yeah, he was the newcomer. Who did he fight? It was it Corey Anderson. No. Oh, no, no. It's Roundtree. Oh, okay, Roundtree. All right, anyway, that's what's going on. That's what's so going we got on, some guys. fights coming up, and uh, that's about it. All right, man. Until next time, everybody uh, like the podcast or subscribe. Like it. subscribe. You know how to do, what do you say? Subscribe <laughs> and subscribe. share it. This is the best podcast going. We'll get even better when we get more viewers. So like we us, should have subscribe. another guest. You just saw a bunch of people back yeah. uh, in Brooklyn. Yeah, you want me to get a guest? You write me. Go to my Instagram. If you uh, if you follow me on Instagram and then you personally message me on Instagram and tell me that you're you're coming from the podcast and ask me for a guest, I will get that guest for you. No matter who it is, within reason. All right. So you ask me what guest you want. Or what topic you want us to cover. If you go to my Instagram uh, page and you like my Instagram uh, or you follow me on Instagram and then you can message me, we'll, I'll get any guest you want and we'll cover any topic you want. Thanks for coming, guys. All right. Till next time, John.